Today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, the Arizona Coyotes announced their 31-man roster. Where were the Coyotes before the COVID-19 shutdown? And how brilliant is the NHL in their exhibition game planning? Find out on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or Tlop In. How is everyone doing? It is Tuesday morning. It's going to be a warm one. Welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, with you for the rest of the week. And as I alluded to yesterday, for the foreseeable future, we will be featuring the Arizona Coyotes since there is no Locked on Coyotes podcast. So I'll be pinch hitting and taking over at least some coverage of the Phoenix or sorry, the Arizona Coyotes. I still call them the Phoenix Coyotes. That's who I saw growing up. That's what I called them before. The Kachinas rule all. Uh, Don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe if you have not already. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me at StimpyJD. So we've got a lot to get to today and we'll get into it right away. So first, let's talk about this roster that the Coyotes have going on. They announced their 31-man roster. This includes 17 forwards, 11 defensemen, and 3 goalies. Let's go through the forwards first. We have Nick Schmaltz, Clayton Keller, Vinny Henestroza, Brad Richardson, Christian Dvorak, Derek Stepan, Hudson Fashing, way to go, Michael Chaput, okay, great player there, Barrett Hayton, who I talked about yesterday, Carl Soderberg, Christian Fisher, Michael Grabner, Lawson Krauss, Braden Burke. Great job there. Phil Kessel, Connor Garland, and Taylor Hall. We'll talk more about Braden Burke after the intermission. So those are your forwards. The defensemen, Nicholas Jomerson, Jacob Shikrun, Oliver ekman Larson, Alex Goligoski, Aaron Ness, Ilya Lebushkin, Jason Demers, Kyle Capobianco, Victor Soderstrom, Jordan Gross, Jordan Osterley. So I got a pair of Jordans there as defensemen. And then the three goalies, Darcy Kemper, of course, Auntie Ranta, and Aiden Hill. You got some good you got some good Tucson players there in Arizona's lineup. Uh, let's talk about the Tucson guys because most of these players are pretty known. Taylor Hall was, of course, the Hart Trophy winner a couple years ago. And I'll talk more about Taylor Hall in a minute. Uh, let's look at this whole lineup. Schmaltz has been pretty good with the Cowboys. Derek Stepan, of course, the former New York Ranger, has been crucial for this Cowboys offense. He will surely be in that second line. And here are some of the other guys. Well, Phil Kessel, of course, is Phil Kessel. Been in the league for a long time. Let's talk about some of those other players that you may not have heard about. And let's start with who I think is going to be a star in this league. Actually, no, I said I'd talk about Braden Burke after the mission. I'll talk about Braden Burke later. Uh, Someone else that was mentioned, Kyle Capobianco. He led all defensemen in scoring for the Tucson Roadrunners with 37 points, including some blistering games against both the rain and against the San Diego goals. Yeah, Kyle torched San Diego a couple times this season. Uh, the Tucson Roadrunners were the best team in the Pacific Division before the shutdown. They were the number one seed. They were leading the division. Uh, 
they looked like they were poised to make a deep, deep run in the Calder Cup playoffs. And in fact, it it was possible that it would have been the Tucson Roadrunners and the San Diego Gulls in that first round. And Capo Bianco is certainly capable of possibly making the roster at some point during this playoff run. Maybe he could play during the exhibition game. Who knows? Another name on there that I liked seeing is Hudson Fashing, who has 19 goals, 16 assists for 35 points for the Tucson Roadrunners. Uh, He might be one of the key players for the Tucson Roadrunners and is a key player for the organization going forward. Another name that I mentioned, Michael Chaput. If that name sounds familiar, well, okay, the surname sounds familiar. Michael Chaput is no stranger to clutch play. It, this is the same Michael Chaput who led the Lake Erie Monsters to the Calder Cup back in 2016. So yeah, that is Michael Chaput, formerly of the Columbus Blue Jackets organization with Lake Erie. In fact, during that run, he had eight points during that run. So great, solid player. He's kind of been a lifelong AHL player. Has had some cup of coffee with certain NHL teams. He was with the Comets for a brief time. He was with Tucson for a bit this year. He was also partially with the Laval Rocket. So he's kind of moved around as far as the AHL goes. But good for him to even make that 31-man roster. So that, once again, is Michael Chaput. Then I want to talk about one of the Jordans. Yeah, there's a couple Jordans on there. Uh, Jordan Gross. Jordan Gross had a pretty solid year with Tucson. In 56 games as one of their top defensemen, along with Capo Bianco, he scored 27 points. They were an excellent D-pairing. Oftentimes, you would see Robbie Russo in there as well as a D-pairing. But when you had Jordan Gross and Capo Bianco on that D-line, they were very good on the penalty kill. They are two fantastic two-way defensemen. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw one of them playing in the playoffs. Hey, you never know. I know it's 11 defensemen, and typically you dress six per game. But I would like to see one or possibly both of them playing in this exhibition game just to get some time. And you never know if there's an injury or two and the Yotes make a deep run. They could be right in there. I think they would be just key components for practices. They would be key for an exhibition game. So let's see where that goes. And one more player I want to talk about before the intermission is that third goalie spot. So you have Darcy Kemper, who was fantastic before he got injured. Auntie Ranta, who I thought was solid. And then you have this other goalie who I thought was one of the MVPs for Tucson this season. And that is Aiden Hill. Aiden Hill has been a Tucson Roadrunner since their inception. He was selected with Tucson. So he's been with them since the start. Even since that first game at then known as Valley View Casino Arena... Yeah, Aiden Hill was there, that first ever Tucson Roadrunner game. This season, he was 15-5. You heard that right, 15-5 with a 9-1-8 save percentage. 
Aiden Hill actually had to come up to Arizona for a brief time because of all the injuries and in goal this year. So Aiden Hill only played goal 20 times for Tucson. But those numbers are gaudy. And 918 save percentage, 15 and 5. A 240 goals against average. He was the man for Tucson this season. And the 24-year-old is looking to possibly have a strong showing just in case one of those goalies gets hurt. And Aiden Hill is certainly capable of that. He's been an American Hockey League All-Star. And so has Braden Burke, who we will talk about after the first intermission. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked on Anaheim Ducks, or I guess in this case, Locked on Yotes, which is all part of the Locked on Podcast Network. As I've mentioned already earlier this week, we are temporarily going to be having some coverage of the Coyotes since there is no Locked on Yotes currently. So we'll talk about where the Coyotes were before everything happened. Before COVID-19 overtook hockey, they had a 33-29-8 record. Although that record doesn't indicate how good they were at the start of the season. Before the season started, they looked like they were going to be the team in the Pacific. This was their division. They were at the top. And then a couple things happened. Uh, former GM, I can now say former GM John Chica swung a pretty solid deal to land Taylor Hall in Arizona. And really, that was probably his best trade that he made as GM. Yeah, the Coyotes didn't give up. I mean, they gave up some. And you can't pin the blame on Taylor Hall. Because that first game that he was there, Arizona looked good. And then the wheels fell off because Darcy Kemper got injured. That was a massive, massive blow to the Arizona Coyotes and one that I think should be talked about. At the time, the Arizona Coyotes were 20-12-4. They were first in the division. Then December 19th, Darcy Kemper suffered a, bo- a lower body injury and they ended up losing that game 8-5 to to the Minnesota Wild. At that time, Darcy Kemper was 15-8-2 with a small 2.17 goals against and a 9.29 save percentage. That was fantastic. For a while there, he was talked about as possibly being a contender for the Vesna Trophy. And then he got hurt. Antti Ranta did come out, and he was solid for a few games. But guess what? Antti Ranta was also injured, also with the lower body injury. So that's when the Coyotes had to come and bring in Aiden Hill, who I talked about in the first segment. Hill did okay, but he was kind of in over his head because there was some other things going on, and this will go back to Taylor Hall. So how have the Coyotes done since trading for Taylor Hall? Uh, It's not that good, folks. It's really not. They've gone 13, 17, and four. Yeah, that's how they've done with Taylor Hall in the lineup. And you cannot pin all the blame on him. Not even close. Uh, the whole thing about 
the injuries. Yeah, that's going to take a toll on any team. When you lose your top goalie like that, especially a Vesna caliber goalie like that, you're going to have some growing pains. And going back to what Taylor Hall did, he was the leader of that team at times. Yes, I know there's still the whole situation. He could be a free agent at the end of the season. We still don't know that yet. And the contender status for the Coyotes, it's kind of in a weird spot right now because they are coming in as the 10th seed. They were kind of trying to pick things back up before the shutdown happened. But we, again, we still don't know. We don't know what exactly they were going to do. So here's some numbers for you. Taylor Hall, he did rank first among all Coyote skaters in even strength scoring, but something else to point out. The power play struggled with Taylor Hall, if you can believe that. They were in the bottom 10 of the entire league in the power play since the trade. In fact, they were somewhere 7th or 8th. That's not going to cut it. Arizona was already kind of you know, 10th from last, they were kind of middle of the ground. So can you put some of that blame on Taylor Hall? Some would say maybe, most would say no. It's just a matter of circumstance. Hall hasn't fit in with that power play unit. That's something that they would have to improve on if they're going to advance in this best of five rounds against the Nashville Predators. Then you have to think about how many times they've scored four more goals. They did that quite a bit. And Hall hasn't been the entire problem. In fact, he's been kind of a bright spot for the Arizona Coyotes, again, at times. He's got to play more consistently. If he can have three or four solid games and play like the Hart Trophy winner that he was a couple years ago, then it's very likely that Arizona could just sneak in there and win that series against Nashville. So he's going to be very, very key. I mentioned that I did want to talk about one player after the first intermission, and I'm going to do that right now. Where someone that I've seen a lot up close, again, because I've worked in the AHL, and that is Braden Burke, who has been a complete star with the Tucson Roadrunners. How much of a star, you ask? Well, I mean, he was leading the team in scoring before everything happened. So, yeah. Tucson looked like they were going to be the best team in the American Hockey League and with very good reason. They were led by Burke. Here's some of his stats for those of you that aren't too familiar with the Tucson Roadrunners. In 51 games, he had 52 points. He averaged a point a game. He had 21 goals, 31 assists, and a couple of those really solid games was where he simply torched. I mean, really torched the San Diego goals. And I'll even snapshot a couple of those games. We're going to go back to November 30th, where he scored a goal against the San Diego goals at San Diego and had a pretty good game, despite the fact that San Diego had a very good game there. Uh, The other one that I want to point out, New Year's Eve. Braden Burke was all over the place on this game. In fact, he accounted for a lot of the goals or being on the ice for several of those goals. And that was the infamous New Year's game where San Diego gave up a seven spot to Tucson. Tucson wound up beating San Diego seven to four. Yeah. He scored twice. Yeah. 
if you remember that, Braden Burke scored twice, once on the power play and once towards the end of the game. He scored twice. He was the best player on the ice by far that game. And Kyle Capobianco also got a goal and two assists in that game. And I do like Braden Burke as a player. Watching him skate down the ice with that speed is nothing short of amazing. And his story is also pretty amazing. Uh, When you think about someone that's come a long way. So he has really just tried to fight and fight and fight for a spot on the Coyotes. And he's done a tremendous job coming all the way from Edmonton. And his story is a great one. You know, even just making the Coyotes finally. He's going back home. He's from Edmonton, Alberta. That's his childhood home. He watched a lot of games in Edmonton. And he never dreamed that he could possibly play playoff hockey in his hometown. Uh, Something else that's really, really cool about this. When the shutdown happened in March, he drove back home to Edmonton. He drove from Phoenix, for sorry, Tucson, Arizona, all the way to Edmonton, Alberta. If you guys know, that's a long drive. You got to go through Phoenix. You got to go through Utah. Then you have to go through Montana, go through the border, and then go all the way up to Edmonton. Edmonton isn't a border city. That's a couple hundred miles inland from that border. So he had a long drive. And there's a there's a great quote from him as far as being on the roster. Quote, I was pretty surprised. It kind of just all fell into place. I'm happy to go home. I'm not going to be able to do much, but it will be nice just to be back home. Hopefully, we'll be there for a while. So he did grow up in Edmonton. He played youth hockey there for the Canadian Athletic Club. And that's where he returned when everything shut down. He drove back to Edmonton. And then once he found out that he was probably going to be part of that 30-man roster, he drove all the way back down from Edmonton to Arizona to practice with the team where he was there for a month. And then he actually got called onto the team. That's a lot of driving. And that is the Coyotes really thanking him and saying, you know what, you deserve a spot on the roster. So he was back behind the wheel, and he actually flew out to Edmonton this time. So what's he going to do after everything ends? Well, you know, it's possible that Arizona could win the Cup, and he'll have to fly back to Arizona just to get his keys and then possibly drive up north. But here's what he said, just kind of hilariously enough. Quote, I think I'm just going to leave it here for a couple months. I don't think I've got that drive in me again. I need some time for sure. End quote. Which, that's a funny quote. And he's a really, really good guy. So once again, that is about Braden Burke of the Tucson Roadrunners and now of the Arizona Coyotes. So congrats to him. Well deserved. He deserves to make that roster. And finally, I want to briefly talk about the fact that hockey is coming back later today. If you can believe it, we have some exhibition games. And what the NHL did here is really freaking brilliant, the way they set up these matches. So you have 12 teams in the East, 12 teams in the West. Surely you can have some great exhibition games to try to get some ratings as far as hockey goes. Yeah, NHL is 
hit this one out of the park. Here's some of the matchups that you're going to see. So we officially start on Tuesday. We have Pittsburgh and Philly. So you have the Battle of Pennsylvania. That will be on NBCSN. Then you have four Canadian teams all playing on NHL Network Tuesday night. I will surely be watching these. Toronto versus Montreal. Then Edmonton versus Calgary at 7.30 Pacific time. The Battle of Alberta is back. And you know, you absolutely know, those two teams hate each other. That could be a fun exhibition game to watch if their minds kind of go, oh yeah, these guys, we effing hate them. Let's get them. So that would be a fun exhibition game to watch if they do kind of go all out. Then Wednesday, you have a slew of games. And this is kind of a preview of what's to come. Because we're going to have six games on the docket on Wednesday. This starts at 9 a.m. Pacific time and goes all the way to 7.45 Pacific time. So here are the games Wednesday. Tampa Bay versus Florida. So the Battle of Florida. Then you Or the COVID state battle there. I'm kidding. Colorado versus Minnesota. Because you need two cold temperature teams, I guess. Sure. Then you have Carolina against Washington. So a Metro rivalry there. Good matchup there. St. Louis against the Chicago Blackhawks. This is a classic rivalry game. That one could be fun to watch. Then you have some interesting ones. New York versus New York. Rangers Islanders on NBCSN, 5 o'clock Pacific time. Oh, damn. That could be fun. Then Vancouver versus the Winnipeg Jets. That is a pretty good battle. I want to see that one. Then Thursday night. It could be the return of Corey Perry taking a walk of shame because we have a rematch of the Winter Classic Thursday afternoon. Nashville versus Dallas. That could be fun. Then Boston versus Columbus because that's who's left over in the East. Then the last game, a battle of the desert. Vegas versus the Arizona Coyotes. That is Thursday night at 7 p.m. Pacific time. That'll be on NHL Network. And I really hope that we see the aforementioned uh, Braden Burke. I hope he plays that exhibition game. That would be a fun one to watch. So that is the schedule upcoming as far as exhibition games go. And then they all have a day off. And then the playoffs officially begin on Saturday, August 1st. Yeah, hockey is coming back soon, folks. So buckle up for that. On tomorrow's podcast, we're going to talk more about the Coyotes. We're going to talk about just certain player matchups and maybe some predictions. And then I wanted to talk about this on Monday. Didn't get to. I wanted to talk about this today. Didn't get to. Tomorrow, finally going to talk about the 32nd team in the National Hockey League. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Seattle Kraken. Yeah, they released that mascot last week. And boy, it is a beauty. So I will talk about that on tomorrow's podcast. And then we'll be off on Thursday. And then Friday, We'll talk about the Coyotes exhibition game and maybe have some predictions. So this is going to be a fun week of podcasts. And then the week after that, who knows how many shows I'll have next week. Probably three or four. But again, we'll play this by ear and we'll see how this playoff turns out on the first weekend. It's going to be a fun one, folks. 
So once again, thank you all for listening. Don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe if you have not already. If you want to contact me, hit me up at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. And also, also, you can email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. And don't forget, tomorrow we will once again talk about the Kraken and have some breakdowns as far as the Preds versus Yotes go. So that will be tomorrow. Again, thank you all for listening. Be kind to one another. And yeah, let's just keep this social distancing going, folks. And be sure to wear your masks when you go outside. All right, guys? For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Enjoy hockey because hockey is back. And oh, yeah, stay safe, Anaheim.